Welcome to Is It My Time? This is for the person asking, is it too late to make a difference? Too late to make a change? Up to this point, a major part of your identity has been as John's wife, or Sarah's mom, or even that go-to person at work, the one you can get a job or a task to and they'll get it done, in the job description or not. But something's happened and there is now some time or space in your daily life. Time that allows you to hear that voice you've kept quiet, staying busy with everyone and everything else. The voice is asking, is this all there is? Is it too late to do something else? Be something else? Is there more to me or this life? We will answer those questions and more, but first we have to build a firm foundation. That is necessary to support anything you wish to build or establish. The most solid foundation out there is one built on truth, God's truth. He created you, He gifted you, and He has plans for you. Absorbing God's word and love for you will help establish that solid foundation. Grounding yourself in your identity in Christ will make you formidable and capable of achieving anything. Hey, hey, my friends, and welcome back. Uh, I got so wound up about community last week, maybe you're wondering if I've gotten off track. I mean, we talk about grounding our identity in Christ, uh, but I believe it all works together towards the same goal. And if you'll allow me a little more time on the subject, I think I can bring it all together. Um, we're going to work um, through one of Jesus' parables. He, after all, is the master of teachers. And so we're going to work or look at one of his lessons, and then I'll put my spin on it, and we'll work from there. Um, I'm working out of Matthew chapter 13. Um, this is, again, Jesus and one of his parables. It's the parable of the sower. So uh, it's chapter 13, starting in verse 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him, and so he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And before I put my spin on it, I'm going to actually let you hear his explanation, also in Matthew chapter 13, but starting with verse 18. It's called The Sower Explained. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And then the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of the wealth, of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, lucky for the disciples and us, Jesus saw fit to uh, explain his words. 
And back in the day when I wasn't going to church, uh, this applied to me in several different ways. There were times when um, it, I could have been the rocky places where the seed was sown and I received the word and I was happy to receive it, but yet I didn't have a firm foundation or a root. And the minute trouble arose or problems arose at me, around me, at work or whatever the case may be, um, the word, it fell away. I fell away. Um, there were also times when my back was intentionally turned and I may have heard the word and not understood it. And the enemy or the evil one, as it says, would have come and snatched away the word, hoping to keep me blinded and keep me from turning back towards God. And that third person, the, one, the seed uh, sown among the thorns, I have to be careful that's still not me today. You know, I've told you I'm an anxious person. And letting the anxiety and the worries of the world, um, I can let those choke out the joy or the wonders of the word. And when I do that, I'm keeping myself from being fruitful and keeping myself from fulfilling my part of the kingdom plan. So now let me give you an additional spin on it. Talking about the different types of soil, back when I was living such a worldly life, um, back when I was purposely um, trying to not um, walk a godly life, uh, there was a time where I could say actually the type of soil that could have been found around me was more like scorched earth, um, post-nuclear waste, if <laughs> you want to be real graphic about it. One of those movie uh, scenes that would definitely be post-apocalyptic and definitely not conducive to uh, any type of seed growth or development. So in that type of situation, you're going to have to have a major overhaul or reworking of that soil. Um, nutrients are going to have to be added back, uh, poison somehow detoxed out. Uh, I'm not a good uh, nursery person or don't have a real green thumb, but I know there's ways that uh, soil can be rehabilitated to where it can produce uh, plant life again. Um, but in carrying out this uh, analogy, I need to do something to help rehabilitate my soil. God's the sower, his word is the seed, and I am the soil. I have to be receptive. I have to accept the seed that's being planted. Um, yes, he's going to make it grow, and he is going to call forth the benefits or effects from that. I mean, he is the success behind the growth. But we have skin in the game. We have to be a part of that process. Um, so we have to uh, develop our soil. We have to have the proper nutrients. We have to have the proper water amount, those kinds of things. So if we are, in fact, dealing with a scorched earth scenario the way I am pro um, proposing I was in the beginning when I returned, then I need or we need a little intervening step. Um, to carry out this plant uh, scenario, let's imagine a greenhouse. If you are working with uh, new plants, you are going to try to set them up uh, the best way possible to be successful for when you uh, want to transplant them. You're going to utilize some sort of potting soil that is full of nutrients and fertilizers and all good things that are going to make your seeds grow into strong little seedlings. 
you're going to put them in properly uh, drained uh, little seed pots. I know it's not the technical term, but it's going to uh, allow the water to drain out so that you're not drowning the seedlings as they get ready to uh, grow for you. And while they're in this greenhouse, you're going to check and you're going to watch them go from seed to seedling to baby little plant, and you're going to get them ready to be transplanted out into the world. This greenhouse portion of the scenario, that's the church. That's where you can make sure that you get your proper nutrients, that you're properly watered, that you're spiritually fed, that you can strengthen and grow and develop in a safe, nurturing environment before venturing out into the world, into the harsher soils of the world. Now, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but you get the picture. You work on yourself, the soil outside um, the greenhouse. You work to get yourself back in some kind of position where you can be receptive to what's being given to you. You detox, you rehabilitate, you do whatever it is you need to where you can be ready for that seedling that's being transplanted from your church hothouse environment. And now, because of your thoughtful uh, preparation and rehabilitation of the soil and God's patience and caregiving as the sower of the seed, y'all working together, you're now going to be the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. You'll be in that seed category in which we all hope to fall, and that is not only due to your own work, but the love and support of your fellow churchgoers that helped you get to this point. It all boils down to the fact, again, that you weren't meant to do life alone. Yes, you have work to do on yourself, but that work is not done in a vacuum. It needs to be done in the context with other people, in relationship with other people. That's where the improvement, that's where the growth and the development is going to occur. And the best place for that is going to be in a safe, nurturing environment, and that is a home church. I appreciate your indulgence on this additional time in the community subject. We are going to delve into fear the next go-round. We've had some feedback from one of our listeners who would like to touch on fear of rejection. And that is what we're going to discuss in our up-and-coming episode. So until next time, happy reading. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Next time, we'll check in and see what progress we've made. I'll share a few of my favorite scriptures, and I'd love to share any you found helpful. You can share those in a review of this podcast or over in my podcast community on Facebook. I'll drop a link in the show notes. I'll read some of those reviews or posts and share about the scriptures you've written about. Until next time, happy reading.